0: When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't send going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so oh, it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish,
1: the podcast that's a stickler for the dickler.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like the
0: worst Batman villain ever.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm the dickler. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Katz. We're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. I'll today. teabag
1: you right uh, on the face. <laughs>
0: oh my God, can you imagine? We should do a porn where it's the dickler and Twery the Twonk. Banging. Oh my God. <laughs> you have to hey, do all of the parts.
1: Shout out to fan artists. <laughs> we haven't heard from you lately. Now's oh your God. time.
0: No, screw the t-shirt competition kyle <laughs> No,
1: we have a fan art i want competition. i want
0: the dickler and Twer the twunk getting it on <laughs> uh, art that's what i want i'm gonna put it right next to my like picture of everybody oh, banging in the holodeck we'll
1: hang it up in the studio yep. if anyone does a good job
0: yep 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 <laughs> i need this hey, in my life kyle
1: anyway it's oh, anyway. a reminder that we have our 350th episode coming up pretty soon yeah
0: so. that's what i want
1: that's what uh, that's what we want give for it our to birthday.
0: me uh what are we here to do? I have an going. update. <laughs> oh okay.
1: Um we've been having this long ongoing discussion about where your pants go when you poop.
0: Yeah. On the floor. <laughs> it's the answer. But <laughs> around your ankles all the way down.
1: But you don't do that in public, right?
0: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean just Okay,
1: you're still wrong. But lately when i am at home, Mhm. I've started to go go ankles. Ooh,
0: and and is it better?
1: It's freeing. Yeah. <laughs> I have so much room to move my knees. They my e- knees air out. They've got space to breathe. I can widen my stance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm you, starting to like it. You can you can like air out your taint a little yep, bit. Yep,
1: yep, yep. <laughs> get a blow dryer and get up in there.
0: No, I don't do that. But oh my god, Kyle, have what? you ever used a bidet?
1: Yeah, I don't. I can't figure them out.
0: Okay. I, I've never used one really yeah and that surprises people just because I don't know I'm so worldly sure I but but uh, it, it a friend of ours used one for the first time and uh, because I told her to and mm-hmm. I don't think she's ever gonna forgive me didn't like it it <laughs> went real bad oh I I've,
1: <laughs> I've tried it once and I didn't get the aim quite down um. it's like it feels like landing something on mars like landing the (laughs) rover on mars like we gotta like land this just right for it to work
0: Uh, i'm so happy for this update i didn't know what to expect because when we do our pre-show stuff i'm we'll just say i have feedback or correction Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. not really go into it
1: Mm -hmm. this one was worth it i still am horrified that you would do this in public but we don't have to revisit that
0: that's an ongoing i mean if it's like really gross i won't
1: yeah sure but still i i have a line i have i personally have a line
0: okay um that's it okay great now the news shut your mouth hole it's time for your ear holes news 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 all right i have four news stories this week kyle wow but um like you know i'm not trying to i'm not trying to expand the news
1: you're not trying to take over the podcast slowly but surely okay
0: news the first so the International Chess Federation has announced that they will not allow trans women to participate in female competitions until, quote, further analysis can be done, which can take up to two years, according to them. So uh, we've talked about this before a little bit, but the the idea that, like, male brains assigned male at birth, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to put that. Yeah. But the idea that chess somehow... Like, needs to be... It's it's fucking stupid. It's yeah. like, it's eugenics bullshit. Yeah. That, like, women are dum-dums. And so... And a trans woman isn't really a woman because her, her brain something... Is better. Like, like she
1: I, she has a more advanced brain that can... It does... It makes no sense. If there's no non-misogynistic explanation for this non-misogynistic and transphobic explanation for this
0: and my guess is there's no medical explanation or <laughs> yeah that's very either. true there's nothing biological that explains this it's just fucking bullshit is what it is anyway the english chess federation clapped back today and said that it's quote won't be a pawn in the international chess federation's anti-trans game <laughs> wow which i like a good chess joke Won't be, oh, a pawn.
1: I thought thought it was a pawn. (laughs) No, I I I thought it was a Britishism. Anyway.
0: Won't be a pawn. All right. Well, that joke didn't work out as well as I wanted. (laughs) Quote, trans women have worked on behalf of the ECF and played in ECF events, as have trans women in various other chess federations. The ECF notes that similar positions have been adopted by the German Chess Federation, the French Chess Federation, and the United States Chess Federation. (laughs) Barely made it in there, I guess. (sighs) the the new FIDE rules are incompatible with English law particularly with regard to the release of personal data we cannot see the point of the 2 year suspension of the right to participate in women only competitions which we view as discriminatory so i'm i'm glad that this horse shit is not going without you know people saying that n- nah, that's yeah, fucked yeah yeah so yeah, I, I did not have chess on my who's going to be transphobic next bingo card.
1: <laughs> no, those are supposed to be smart people. They're supposed to know what's up.
0: All right. Well, also, there was 120 figures in chess worldwide that have signed an open letter saying that they are fed up with sexist behavior and sexual violence in the male-dominated world of chess. Hmm. Uh, they said that this abusive treatment and behavior is, quote, still one of the main reasons why women and young girls, especially in their teens, stop playing chess. So chess, hopefully, this is your opportunity to get your shit together.
1: This is life is presenting you a chance to get your shit together and grow and and evolve and do better.
0: Checkmate. Okay, <laughs> this is just adorable. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but there is a queer athlete, California-based Aiden Hyman, withstood intense altitude symptoms, blood clusters, and fever in order to unfurl a pride flag near the top of K2 in Pakistan. Um, so he's just. He's just adorable. He's 20 years old. Mm. And uh, that's it's noteworthy because, first of all, it's the second tallest mountain on earth. And getting up there means like you're kind of hardcore. But also it's in Pakistan where same sex acts are criminalized. And uh, he's directly inviting criminal accusations from that government by by doing that. I Uh, wonder if
1: you could just be like, it's a rainbow flag that's that's there's no (laughs) what do you mean like what do you mean
0: you're anti-rainbow yeah yeah this is just
1: supporting the rainbow
0: yeah 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 he trekked for almost three weeks and celebrated his birthday with his teammates and climbers that he met in the small village of ashkoi askoi i don't know Hmm. but yeah same-sex activity between men in pakistan is punishable by a fine and or imprisonment from two years to life And under Sharia law, Sharia law, Sharia law, that law, Mm -hmm. uh, homosexual acts can also be punishable by whipping or death. Um, But he said, quote, Young queer athletes belong in climbing. Your love is a strength, and you are part of one of the most uplifting communities on the planet. Whether it's training for an Ironman, an ultramarathon, or one of the seven summits, I train for every queer kid that dreams of their own mountains.
1: Oh, wow. That was very well put.
0: Yeah. It's fucking adorable. Yeah. He's raised like 10 grand for the HRC and is just a a cutie patootie. And I'm, I'm, it makes me happy to see him. That's awesome. Uh, news. The third, there's a bunch of trans people who are excited about a Bible verse. Um, that's a sentence I wouldn't have expected. (sighs) Yep. So quote, this is, this is, uh, the, the, the verse is, quote, And a woman whose heart was divided between spirit and body came before him. In quiet despair, she asked, Lord, I come to you estranged, for my spirit and my body are not one. How shall I hope to enter the kingdom of God? Jesus looked upon her with kindness, replying, My child, blessed are those who strive for unity within themselves, for they shall know the deepest truths of my Father's creation. Be not afraid, for in the kingdom of God there is no man nor woman, as all are one in spirit. The gates of my father's kingdom will open for those who loved, who love, and are loved. For God looks not upon the body, but the heart. The thing is, though, uh, that's not in the Bible. Artificial intelligence wrote that. Chat GPT wrote that. <laughs> when when somebody said, uh, did did the prompt, what might a trans affirming Bible verse sound like? Oh. And that's what Chat GPT came up with.
1: Okay, it, yeah. I mean, I don't not that I know the Bible at all, but it it does sound. Very biblically, yeah,
0: it sounded so biblically, and <laughs> I really, in my heart of hearts, I hope that it makes the rounds and a bunch of Christians believe it's real because they're dumb dumbs and, and it's on the internet, and so
1: you got to believe it's true, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, anyway, there's a whole Reddit thread about it, and I, I I think it's I think it's really really interesting how maybe someday artificial intelligence could be an ally and huh. trick people. Well, that's <laughs> the
1: scary part. We've talked about AI on our show. We've done like topics. It's like the There's danger in If you just feed it all the information From the internet the internet's Pretty transphobic and racist And homophobic and like there's a lot Of bad shit that it can learn so you gotta Train it in the right way
0: It's also not above Lying because it doesn't have (laughs) morals Or ethics at all so if You say I want you to Write me a bible verse that does This it's gonna do it yeah And facts and reality be damned Yeah uh, news the last. I added this one uh, at the tail end just as you were walking up. So there is a Trump-supporting town that is about to potentially force their local library to close all over a controversy about a book about trans people.
1: Oh, of it's course. on yeah. my
0: shelf right over there. What's the T by Juno Dawson oh. uh, is in Dayton, Columbia County, Washington State. <gasps> and uh, I've been to fucking Dayton does not surprise me that this would be hmm. something that would happen there. Uh, it's about 70% of the people there voted for Trump in the last election, not 2016, in 2020. <laughs> um, and they have been fighting with the Columbia County Library District for a while now in a dispute about what's the tea. And uh, they managed now to put on the ballot this November a measure that would shut down the library completely. Damn. Because it's not going the way that they want it to go. Uh, This would be the very first library to close down specifically over which books are stocked on the shelves by ballot measure, according to the American Library Association. They... uh, Dayton resident Jessica Ruffcorn, who is just a horrible person, uh, told the Seattle Times that the library is, quote, targeting kids with sexualized content, which... I. I just wish, I just, I wish, I wish straight people could just be gay for one day so they could see how fucking sexualized our society is with straight shit.
1: Oh yes, of course. You walk by a men's health magazine, (laughs) that's straight people shit right there. Like, what are you talking about? And, and they assume that our existence is sexual and that's on them. Yeah. Yeah. That's not my problem to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. You're the one doing it. Yeah. It's it was I've had this experience where there is a elementary school not too far from my building. I walk my dog around my um, neighborhood often and I will walk past children playing in the park and I will feel uncomfortable. If like I'm wearing a skirt or something, I'll feel uncomfortable because I don't know how people would react to that. Yeah, people have made people have straight people have sexualized children so that it now it started to affect me. They're yep. the ones that are making this an issue and c- making children sexualized. Yep. Yep. And that that's really sucks. That like the innocent laughter of a child at a playground. I can't even walk by and just be like, "That's beautiful," and move on. Right. Like, yeah. th- they have ruined children.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, children are doing a pretty good job of ruining themselves. <laughs> that's true. But... <laughs> that's true. They are dumb assholes, but you know. But yeah, you, you're you're absolutely right, uh, and. Uh, There was, I didn't do it in the news today, but there was a study that came out um, just the last week or two talking about how American LGBTQ people, 80% of them answered that the current political climate makes them feel unsafe for Mm -hmm. their physical body. Mm -hmm. And like, that's absolutely true. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is, now there are states that are disassociating themselves from the American Library Association. Oh my god! Because librarians are the enemy. Montana and Texas, among them. Yes, yeah. my
1: my home, uh, like, <laughs> school county has been fighting against having books. Like, uh, uh, people think they are the ex- they think they are smarter than doctors. They think they are smarter than librarians. When you let people do their expertise. They're always on the side of gay people and trans people. Yep. Always. Yep. It always like you are not smarter than a doctor. You are not the librarians carefully review what should be available to various kids at various ages. Yep. And there it's since when has people closing down libraries been the right path? Like. Yeah. Never in history has someone wanting to close the library been on the right side. Right,
0: absolutely. And, and I also, I look back at like my parents, my parents made their mistakes. And of the mistakes that they made, one of them was not trying to prevent me from accessing material. You're right, yeah. Like anything that I wanted to watch or read about or listen to, they they were on board. They took their role as parents as being... Making me a good consumer of information, mm. not only allowing me to consume the information that they thought I needed, yeah, and, and I, I just, I, I understand uh, parents are fucking crazy, Kyle, <laughs> yeah, they are, and but I, I really lucked out with mine who just let me navigate the world because they understand you are going to be exposed to it someday, so it might as well be early and teach you how to be a good consumer, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah,
1: that's the news. That's the news. Wow. Um, Well, speaking of people that I think are good consumers, (laughs) because they're using their dollars to support us.
0: They have excellent taste in content. Yep, exactly. I want to
1: thank the following Patreon members. Yumaha? (laughs) Sorry. I don't know. Are you okay? (laughs) Um, Otto uh, Martinian? Uh, Norwegian Broccoli? Norwegian Broccoli? Not Broccoli. Broccoli? broccoli <laughs> uh, danny jp
0: okay that one's you know yeah. uh,
1: and rich osabof Boy, some some rough ones in there. Sorry, everyone, that I fucked your some name up.
0: Now slightly less rich, Asaboff. Awesome Thank <laughs> <laughs> you for your money because
1: it's in our pocket. Um, if you want episodes a day early and ad free, and if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash KS Podcast.
0: Oh my god! And oh you also god. get you get uh, you get fifty percent off your live show tickets, which you are going to go buy right now for Los Angeles because low ticket alert. We have very few tickets. Very remaining. few
1: tickets. If you wanted to go. Buy your tickets now. Well, hopefully there's still some left by the time this episode goes up. Hopefully. Yeah.
0: All right. You want to talk about overachieving? Yeah, let's do it. Okay.
1: This was both a survey request. Yeah. And also one that you talked about in the past wanting to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Why? What made it something that you wanted to talk about?
0: Well, partially because... I think it's something that is just apparent that Mm. that that gay people, gay men especially, compensate for self loathing by overachieving in other areas. Mm. There's something about that that just, I think it's so clear that that's a thing Mm. that happens, and I I think it's a stereotype that we don't really have a name for. Uh, We the overachieving gay is like the closest that we can get, and that's a little on the nose, but like. It's it's a thing, yeah. I think. and
1: It's one of those ones you don't think about as much. You think about, like, we dress well and, yeah. you know, we have a lisp. Like, those are the obvious ones. But it's definitely, like, you're right, a very clear one, but one that kind of can go forgotten.
0: And super problematic, right? It's like um, saying that Asian people are good at math is still fucking racist, even mm-hmm. though it's complimentary. Yes. So saying that gay men excel at shit, even though that's complimentary, is also a stereotype. And there's a lot of nuance and potentially problematic basis for it yeah. so um I, anyway i just yeah I'm, I'm super excited to be talking about it
1: yeah and we're also talking about this because patreon voted uh this was my suggestion again yeah. i pulled the ideas from the survey request so still thank you to those that filled out the survey earlier this year this is continuing to give us episode suggestions and ideas but i won so yeah you did f- fuck you yeah <laughs>
0: yeah no it's fine um even the dallas cowboys have to lose some time kyle <laughs>
1: you're the dallas
0: cowboys <laughs> yeah wow all right
1: i you've been on a mariner's like streak for so long yeah yeah hold on i have to write down a straight idea <laughs> i know that mariner reference got it um okay yeah.
0: so overachieving overachieving when we think about overachieving what does that what does that mean to you like what do you what do you think of
1: I think of, and maybe this is the, the part that's me in it is perfectionism. Okay. And I think of I think that can apply to like all areas of life, but the idea that you, like, I growing up thought I had to, or ended, get all A's mm-hmm. in high school. Oh, okay. Or feeling like you have to be a perfect person to your friends, or yeah. when driving, or when, I don't know, just the idea that everything you do has to be perfect and you. Uh, criticize yourself if you do something imperfectly
0: yeah that's interesting we're gonna talk about it we're gonna talk about more i i I think specifically i think of grades which it's interesting that you mentioned that Mm. right Mm. away like at the, the the top of your your list
1: yeah because i'm thinking like when you're in the closet and overcompensating so that is you know junior high high school age kind of age range so yeah i think of grades as a big part of that
0: i think i also think of appearance I think of oh. jacked gays who are getting validation and their sense of self-worth from being beautiful. I, I very much bucket those things together. I didn't think about
1: the that being related, but now I get what you mean. Like it is the similar idea of with grades. Like I am going to stand out in this area and get recognized and praised for this thing that I have control over. Yeah. Exercise and body can be one of those things too.
0: Yep. Uh, well, so all of it really, uh, to me boils down to what's called the best little boy in the world hypothesis. That's
1: you... the, oh, I've only heard about it because of you. And oh. that's like such a silly name. We need a better name. We need a better name. But um, then
0: one that like, in, well, anytime you're talking about gay shit and you use the for, like little boy, it yeah. must be uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just like those kids in the playground. Yeah. Talking about doing yes. the news, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. The best little boy in the world hypothesis. Is what this has come to be called. But I wanted to start with where that phrase came from. Okay. Um, so there's a dude named Andrew Tobias, and he wrote a book called "The Best Little Boy in the World," and he really is the originator of at least in popular discourse this concept. Hmm. Uh, he wrote that book in 1973, and he used the pen name John Reed. And that's because at that stage, using your real name on a book about gay shit probably not great for your career. Gotcha. Now, but it is autobiographical, mostly. So as far as what overachieving means for this person, sweet fucking Jesus what're we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about all, all of his all of his stuff. So first, he graduated from Harvard, damn in 1968 with a bachelor's degree in Slavic languages and literature. <laughs>
1: That all, like you could stop there, and I am like, "Damn, you are impressive!"
0: Holy shit! Uh, he went on to get his MBA from Harvard. While he was in business school, he wrote for New York Magazine. Wow! And and after graduating from business school, he became a contributing editor to New York Magazine. In nineteen seventy three, he wrote this book, "The Best Little Boy in the World." He also wrote wrote a book called "The Only Investment Guide You'll Ever Need." Um, and the only other investment guide you'll ever need My Vast Fortune Money Angles and The Invisible Bankers these are all books that he wrote uh, but he's never held a job in the investment industry he's just hmm. a author that writes a lot about it
1: huh I also, I would not expect someone who has who studied Slavic languages to have a lot of money. Right, I just didn't know that was that lucrative of a field. Well,
0: maybe he realized that too, and that's why he pivoted that's to get his MBA. From he Harvard. got
1: his MBA for sure.
0: Uh, so he also wrote a book called "Getting By on a Hundred Thousand Dollars a Year," which there's so like there's so many. So many people that are like six figures means you made it. To yeah, him, that's like how do you scrape by on that's, that much? That's money? rich people shit. <laughs> yeah. How does how to get
1: by with a hundred thousand a year?
0: Uh, so let's see. Then in nineteen ninety nine, he became treasurer of the Democratic National Committee. Damn. <laughs> so also politics. Uh, He spearheaded a ballot initiative to convert California's auto insurance system into a no-fault system, which would be paid through a gasoline surcharge instead of premiums. He wrote a book on that topic uh, and funded a large part of the campaign himself. Wow. Oh, I forgot to mention this. While he was in school, he was president and CEO of Harvard Student Agencies while residing in Winthrop House. So he's like, that's my understanding is that that's like being the ASU president. Mm. Let's see. He in 2005 was the grand marshal of new york city pride damn the pride parade and uh he also was the partner of fashion designer and democratic political activist charles nolan who died uh in january of 2011 also an overachiever apparently oh. like they say opposites attract but sometimes similars attract yeah which you know we we've, we've seen um but uh he He graduated from the Fashion Institute of Technology, went on to work for famous designers uh, Frank Tignino and Bill Hare, and uh, he worked for Christian Dior. um,
1: That's the one fashion name so far that I recognize. And
0: Anne Klein. Oh. He was lead designer at Anne Klein from 01 until 03, but uh, he resigned so he could volunteer for the Howard Dean campaign in 2004. Uh, he launched his own signature line in 2004. After the campaign folded, he went back to fashion. Uh, but he that line of clothing was only available from his own store on Gansevoort Street in the in Manhattan, or through an exclusive deal at Saks Fifth Avenue. Hmm. But uh, I thought for sure when it was like he he died at the age of fifty three in twenty eleven. I thought for sure HIV AIDS. Yeah, that's not what this says or what I've been able to find. It was cancer oh. of the head and neck. But uh, yeah, so he and and Andrew um, were together for a, a really long time and were just like a power couple. Andrew's still alive. He's seventy six and uh, lives in New York. I I just I can't. It's like everything on this dude's biography, you're like sweet Jesus. <laughs> like doing one of those things yeah. would be like the pinnacle of achievement and he's got so many ridiculous accomplishments. I don't know. I just I think I'm just going to I don't know. stop that, trying at life yeah, now. Yeah. Like does that
1: when you see other people achieve, does that make you does that inspire you or does that demoralize you?
0: Well, we're going to we're going to okay. We have a whole section on personal. Oh, stuff. we can wait till that. I don't I don't have the reaction that that, that you have said before that you have. Um, I don't I don't feel like envy or jealousy or whatever. Mm. Uh but I sure can turn that on myself and mm. and and use it to beat myself up. Mm. So we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about okay. that yeah. some more. But um this idea of the gay power couple I'm super interested in also because that pops up in media from time to time. Even even on fucking Glee, right? The gays were like the power singers or whatever, right?
1: <laughs> well, and there's also like part of that, I think, comes from double income, no kids. Then you have money, more money that you can then afford nice clothes and a nice house. And I think that contributes to this kind of lavish image of what it means to be gay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. One of those things that's based in truth, right? But also isn't necessarily borne out by the data, like like LGBTQ people. Gay men, cis white gay men do have more disposable income, but that's like the only segment of the queer di- diaspora for that for which that's true. Yeah, everyone else has like worse financial income or, yeah. uh, or financial outcomes. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So I guess that's it. Okay. I just wanted to talk to you about the like the overachiever who wrote the literal book on <laughs> the thing that would become the, the best little boy in the world hypothesis. Yeah. And and, and the tendency for 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 gay dudes to overcompensate right? yeah. and overachieve
1: it's interesting like so if the book came out in the 70s then that must be a, it must have been a you know maybe unnamed but theory that people had been swirling around before that so that's that's interesting you know that, that it must have started before that so huh. um i have some gata
0: okay let's talk about some gata
1: uh, this is I have info from the NBC News article about this data that came out in 2022 by Benjamin Ryan. And oh, recent, okay. Yes, this is recent data. Yes, and the study itself was published in 2022. Uh, it is called "Intersecting the Academic Gender Gap: The Education of Lesbian Gay." and Bisexual America by Joel Middleman. Okay. Joel. <laughs> I can say Joel. I get the name. Yeah, I got it.
0: Joel. Joel.
1: Um, just some background to understand what they decided to study. Um, in 1960, women were 40% of undergraduates. So there was a gender gap in education. Yeah. Uh, these days, women are 60%. Of undergrads, so yeah. when we talk about the gender gap, it is actually not what you would expect, at least in terms of undergraduate graduation like rates.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, this is very much, uh, believe it or not, a part of the stuff that gets talked about in my fraternity. Like, the, oh, really? The, the the national fraternity Sigma Phi Epsilon is is looking at that that boys and men uh, compared to girls and women are not doing great, right? And and keeps getting <laughs> worse and that there's a, a a they posture it as a crisis of masculinity is mm. what they what they keep calling it um i don't know if i agree with that framing necessarily but yeah this idea that like dudes aren't going to school and if they do they flunk out mm. or do badly directly intersects with the the mission of the fraternity yeah. and um we're not sure what to do about it so we're we're doing a we're doing a big mental health study um that just got funded Um, in San Antonio a couple of weeks ago. So over the next two years, we're going to be looking at it to see. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the conclusion is probably, yeah, everybody's fucked. Nope. There's nothing Sig can do about it, but
1: (laughs) we'll be interesting to see the people, the overlap of the people that are part of the fraternity and also funk out or don't continue on to graduate for whatever reason and figure out why and see if any of that
0: can be tied to something a fraternity could do more about the fraternity too. I didn't have this on my notes to talk about today, but, um, the gays run the fraternity. Mm. And I wonder how much of that is this like competitive Mm. overachievement thing. Yeah. Um, Like we have a lot of chapter officers that are closeted homosexuals who then go on to be volunteers and sort of climb the ranks of the volunteers into national office. Our grand chapter president, the number one position in the fraternity was, was a gay man for the last two years. Mm. Um, It's interesting. I've never really, thought about all of that before
1: yeah i mean uh, that is in line with what we've seen is that um so men's lag behind women on school success but it's been they say men's educational attainment has remained remarkably flat for decades Mm. so the the one standout though in all of this are gay men we gay men are the exception so what happened is they were finally because of uh, during Uh, Obama's second term questions about sexual orientation were added to three federally funded nationally representative surveys okay which adding in an LGBT dimension should be part of every survey if you're doing a especially I mean nationally funded then that we should aim for understanding LGBT people and that'll help across all kind of areas that we research but thanks Obama thanks Obama (laughs) (laughs) they analyze LGB, LGB. So like we always see, we find, finally we're able to study LGB people, but trans people are, there's limited data and we need to do better at yeah. studying and understanding trans people. Yeah. So
0: unfortunately it's LGB people. It seems like either the B or the T or sometimes both get left out. Yep.
1: Like, <laughs> yep. 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 Uh, yeah. We are, we're getting to the point where there is L and G data <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's, it's frustrating that, and I think people are getting better at about including bisexual, especially if they're talking about like something that involves men having sex with men. It's like, Oh, like bisexual people are part of that equation too. So I think we're getting better at that, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, this study looked at LGB adults, college completion rates overall and by race and ethnicity and by birth cohort. Uh, They analyzed LGB students performance on uh, achievement and attainment measures and the finding is, on an array of academic measures, gay males outperform all other groups on average. Wow! Uh, wow. Okay. This is true across all racial groups.
0: Also, wow. Okay. Right.
1: Over half of gay men. So I want to. I, I want to oh.
0: make sure. I want to make sure that I understand. To restate, straight black men are struggling. But gay black men are outperforming everyone because of the gay part, right? That gay white men, gay black men, gay Latino men, that that the the gay adjective, the gay moniker puts them in a group that is outperforming everyone else because you said regardless of race or ethnicity, right?
1: Yeah. So So. if you look at black men and pull out gay versus straight, gay men are outperforming. If you look at Hispanic men- Okay. Gay are outperforming versus straight.
0: What I'm wondering is if they're outperforming straight black men or all men. Oh, right. Uh, that's I don't know that I don't know the way that that was worded made it un- yeah. unclear. Maybe it's just unclear. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Sorry.
1: Over half of gay men earned a college degree versus about 35 percent of straight men.
0: 35 percent. The dropout rate for straight dudes is 65 percent.
1: For straight dudes, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, that's a lot.
0: That is a lot.
1: If gay men, if U.S. gay men were considered just on their own, they would have by far the highest college completion rate in the world. Right now, Luxembourg is the leader with a graduation rate of forty-seven percent. So they outperform the best-performing country. Wow. Yeah.
0: So that blows me away. Okay, go ahead. In a hot way. (laughs) Because that sucks. That sucks me right off, Kyle. (laughs) I love that phrase, <laughs> boy. That sucks my dick right off. But 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 because I also ran across a study not too long ago that said that LGBT people as an umbrella aren't doing great, right? Mm-hmm. That there there are worse academic outcomes, worse income outcomes, financial outcomes, economic outcomes. Yeah. Um So it just this this totally slaps that down yep but
1: yeah that sure does lick your taint yeah (laughs) we're gonna start to use metaphors that all involve licking some part of you the uh, so other groups like gay men stand out among lgbt people or i guess lgb again lgb people the increased graduation rate that women have seen that's been if you call that the rise of women is how it's been described but uh more precisely that should be seen as the rise of straight women. Lesbians are not afforded that same increase in performance that straight women have seen over decades. Wait. Le- lesbians have historically outperformed straight women, but recent cohorts showed declining bachelor degree rates.
0: Okay. So, uh, so straight
1: women have been catching up and getting better than lesbians.
0: So wait, okay, 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 <clears> okay. <throat> if you want to graduate of college, you just have to be into dick yeah 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 it's, gay, it's gay, gay dudes and straight girls so there's just like it's that give deli- me that cock <laughs> i was gonna say
1: there's something in that delicious semen that really fuels the brain everyone <laughs> swallow a load you'll get smarter come sure.
0: come loud you, <laughs> you can...
1: <laughs> and on a serious note black gay women have a much lower college graduation rate than their white counterparts so uh, in other areas, when you look at race, it is uh, intersectional and uh, do worse than white counterparts. Wow. So, so straight now, I feel, white now women... I feel
0: bad for saying all the time that lesbians get shit done. I mean, they do get shit done, but like maybe that's a unfair, like Asians are good at math. That's, mm. you know, that's well, I think a about... stereotype that's not necessarily helpful.
1: I, well, I think about that for when we say lesbians get shit done. I think about that when we talk about Gen Z and how they're going to save the world. It's yeah. like,
0: those are things I say, but go, go. I yeah, guess. you do. I was trying to,
1: I was trying to <laughs> universalize it. So I wasn't talking about you specifically, but we can do that too. Yeah. W- when you say that, I think about like, that's both because we have a high, I also do too, have a a high, I'm impressed by Gen Z and what they have done with what the world is <laughs> right now. And also, I, I think I always say that's a lot of pressure to put on an entire generation to be like, y'all got to clean this all up. Like that fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. So I wanted to read this part. It's a little long, but stick with me because I think it speaks to what we're talking about. Why do trying to understand why do gay boys succeed in academics? Hmm. Uh, This is from that study. Persistent cultural sexism leaves all boys masculinity extremely exquisitely fragile <laughs> that. and, that's, and
0: that's what the fraternity was saying that it's a, cu- a crisis of masculinity go ahead go ahead
1: and i think hopefully it's a crisis of masculinity meaning like there are right-wing people that are like there's a crisis in masculinity because like gays wear pink or you know like whatever dumb shit they have right hopefully it's a crisis in masculinity in that like this is saying like it is extremely fragile or sorry exquisitely fragile that's a gay word anyway um <laughs> And enduring heterosexism leaves all boys heterosexuality, especially precarious growing up. Gay boys discover themselves on the wrong side of both of these intersecting divides in academics. They may find one adaptive way of responding to these status threats, Mm. which this is something that we say often. Like if you've already broken one of the cultural expectations or societal norms, then now you're on the outside and now what do you do? And and actually, it's saying, like, academics is one place that you can be like, oh, shit, fucked up the dude part of this, because I'm not doing dude right, because I'm gay, yeah. so now I can go achieve in academics.
0: Yep, yep, Yeah.
1: It continues, quote, academic performance offers an accessible domain of competitive self-mastery, whereas the rules of masculinity may feel obscure and unobtainable, and I will add, especially if you're gay, yeah. it feels unobtainable to... Equal out to the masculine straight men. Yeah. Um. Continuing on. Um. Uh, the rule of school can feel discreet and manageable. The approval of a parent may be uncertain, but the praise of a teacher can be regularly earned with the right amount of effort. Yeah. And when other avenues for being a man are cut off, pursuing the kinds of prestigious careers made possible through meticulously high achievement offers a way to shore up one's standing as a man.
0: I would. I would I would add to that they didn't say this specifically but like, you can point to your report card and say my GPA is mm. that yeah like you have a number yeah. like it is an objective rules based you're responsible for it fucking number yeah like, you, you don't really get a like a masculinity number yeah you know from from in, anything um, so yeah that, that's like I think it's particularly appealing because you know not only what your worth is but how you can improve it mm-hmm. like so. Like,
1: did, did you get um, like cards that show you where what number in the class you were like yeah compared GPA performance like your number for sure did in junior
0: high I forget if that uh, happened in high in, school we but, I
1: I think it started in high school where based on our GPA we it told us we're in the class because in Texas if you graduate in the top 10% of your class you get automatic acceptance at any public school sure so
0: great yeah great there's no Potential for systemic racism there at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Who performs, who tends to perform better. And it's, yeah, people that are white and have more income to spend on tutors and all that shit. The same criticisms with the SATs. And yeah, but yeah, I, I completely agree that like, it's interesting getting the number of where you fall in your class. Like, and it is directly comparing how good you are compared to uh, every other person in your class. Yeah. You would know exactly where you stand if you get that number. Yeah. And I didn't didn't think about it, like, by going to school and making an income, that's another thing that if you're missing the masculinity because you suck some dick sometimes, yeah. then making money is a traditionally masculine expectation of you. And you can be like, no, like, look, I prove I'm a man because I can make money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's...
1: Yeah, that's actually been a hard thing, um, not having a job, is feeling a sense of worth without making an income.
0: Like, Yeah. yeah. Well, and you've, you've tied it not just to income, but also just the anxiety of the answer to the question, what do you do? Oh, right? God, yes. Like,
1: yes. I will talk on the Patreon bonus episode for this month. I will talk about dates that I've gone on and how that has gone over, because I've ooh. gone on dates and you know, you have to, you have to talk about, you talk about what you do
0: and hint everybody. This month's bonus episode is called rejection. (laughs) (laughs) Ominous. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, that's the study.
0: Wow. Well, this is just a quick, a quick joke, but, um, there's this article on Gawker and looking at all of the stereotypes of, were you a pleasure to have in class? Oh, (laughs) And their conclusion was, um, if you were a pleasure to have in class, you were a gay, anxious, overachieving firstborn daughter. <laughs> like you're probably one or more of those things. Which, th- it, what's interesting there is, I, I was I was definitely called a pleasure to have in class on more than one occasion, and uh, gay, anxious, firstborn Not quite overachieving, or a daughter, but the rest of those like that resonates. So wait,
1: not quite overachieving. No, you don't count yourself as overachieving. I
0: don't. We're going to talk about it, Kyle. Okay. Oh right. Personal shit comes later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I I wanted to talk to you about the study that came from this dude's. book okay so uh this is from basic and applied social psychology and it's called the social development of contingent self-worth in sexual minority young men an empirical investigation of the best little boy in the world hypothesis
1: oh so someone took that and was like we're gonna actually study it we're gonna
0: actually study it so uh this study came out in 2000 and 2013 and the 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 there's there's a bunch here and i I don't want to go into all of it but the part that I do want to talk about is when they studied that, they were trying to figure out if being gay meant that you were an overachiever. but that, And they also were trying to measure if the length of time that you were in the closet made you more or less of an overachiever. Mm. And then they also tried to nail down what counts as being an overachiever.
1: Hmm. I'm trying to think of what my, before you tell me the answer, like what my expectation, like if you're in the closet longer, that would say to me, you'd spend more of your time not unpacking your issues and just redirecting them towards other things. So I think you'd overachieve more the longer you were in the closet.
0: That's That'd exactly be my... what they discovered, Kyle. Oh, you, sorry. You, you, I didn't mean no, to. No, 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 you're not. No, the, the, I wasn't going to talk about that. So oh. like, I mean, except to say that Oh, it's right. I'm so, so smart. I should do studies. You should do studies. Yeah,
1: I can just guess and and write it down.
0: Um, so there's this thing called the Contingencies of Self-Worth Scale, the CSWS, oh, and gosh. they gave this questionnaire to a bunch of students, some of which were gay. Uh, And it wasn't just gay people. So this one, actually, they asked what best describes your identity. And they got to choose from gay, heterosexual, bisexual, but mostly gay, bisexual, equally gay and heterosexual, bisexual, but mostly heterosexual, queer, uncertain, and don't know for sure.
1: Huh. That's some interesting bisexual categories
0: that's there's some like bi erasure happening in the categorization there right like-
1: well i always see bi people say like i am not like half gay and half straight i am all bisexual so it's interesting to be like i'm by bis- like are you bisexual and like what's your split what's your interest split i don't know i'm sure bisexual people have feelings about that set up for a question but
0: well, and uh, only one person said that they were bi, mostly heterosexual, hmm. and uh, he was removed from the study. So. <laughs> oh God, that's some actual bi erasure. Yeah.
1: They just took the bi person and erased them.
0: Uh, well, they also they also removed two dudes that they um, they recruited from campus LGBT groups, and but they indicated that they were heterosexual.
1: Oh, so they're just like allies, I guess. Groups? Huh. Yeah. Huh.
0: Anyway. Uh, and they they looked at at race and a, a bunch of other stuff now there there is some clear bias here because these are all college students and college students do not represent all of society right right so there's some there's some issues there right to to to, to figure out Anyway, back to this contingent self worth scale thing. So the areas that they break down are all really questions about, what makes you feel good about yourself? Hmm. What makes you feel bad about yourself? And the the broad umbrellas. And I'll just r- give you the broad umbrellas, and then and one example question. Each of them has five. Um, but others' approval, which is questions like, "Does your self esteem depend on the opinions that others hold of you?" Who? I would rate you very highly on that one. I know, or, right? I'm getting better. Um, appearance, um, which is like my self-esteem is influenced by how attractive I think my face or facial features are.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: But that also comes down to the way that my body looks or uh, the way that I am dressed. Next is competition, which is things like my self-worth is influenced by how well I do on competitive tasks. Then there's academic competence, which is uh, doing well in school gives me a sense of self-respect. Then family support. When my family members are proud of me, my sense of self-worth increases. Oh. There's virtue, which is things like my self-esteem would suffer if I did something unethical. And then God's love. Ooh. My self-esteem would suffer if I didn't have God's love. Or my self-worth is based on God's love. Which I I'm, I am wouldn't have even fucking thought to put that in uh, the study. Yeah, right?
1: I often exclude invisible people from my question surveys. Right. <laughs>
0: Uh, So here's here's the thing. Appearance, competition, and academic competence. They decided that those were achievement-based answers and that those differences would constitute overachievement. Mm. God's love, others' approval, family support, and virtue, they measured and included in the study but did not consider that to be overachievement or a lack thereof. So when you break that down, it is very, very clear that the sexual minority boys cared way more than their straight counterparts about their appearance, their competition, their academic competence. Mm. They cared. They gave zero fucks about God. Like <laughs> b- by 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 a, a huge difference. They do not care about God's love. That's funny. And then exactly the same as their straight counterparts on others approval, family support and virtue.
1: Interesting. That's interesting about God's love because there are like, especially when you're in the closet, people are raised religious, but they are also told like you kind of have to learn to live without God's love because making generalization, a lot of people are told that God does not love them. So you kind of have to like, all right, what am I going to do then? I'm either going to repress the gay part or I got to find another place to find self-worth other than that. If yep. He doesn't love me.
0: Yep 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 for sure i i think that 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 they gave zero fucks about god's love i think says a lot about the relationship between religion and, and sexuality and the way that we raise queer kids in this country yeah for sure um
1: and this is why i think religion is having a or especially christianity is having this panic of like they need to they need to, a new marketing team or something to spin religion to make it cool again because it's just it's declining
0: because gen z is going to save the world mm-hmm they give zero fucks about queer issues. So if the church wants to survive them coming into the majority of the population, they're going to have to, they're going to have to give a little, at least a little bit on the gay stuff.
1: God's going to have to drop down some different edicts or whatever on stone tablets about gays.
0: Yep. Yep. You hear that God? Hear that God? (laughs) Are you listening? God, it's me, Kyle. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, this idea that there are lots of different ways to overachieve, but the ones that they didn't study were money, which mm. I think, I think unless you can roll that into some of these questions about competition largely, which maybe, maybe you can, um, academic competition, which that also maybe can go under competition, mm-hmm. um, but they didn't necessarily directly study those things. It was just this broad, when you're being competitive with mm. others, how do you feel?
1: Yeah, well, money would not be a good thing to study for college, college students, students, students quite yet, but yeah, because that'd be. But I know that would that would be a very useful thing. You're right to to understand.
0: This also found that it largely didn't matter about ethnicity or race. Huh. That that there were there were differences in the answers, but the trends held. For instance, uh, it, it turns out that black people uh, as a group tend to. Uh, feel more strongly about God's love as part of where they derive self-esteem than than white people do, but gay black men cared less than mm. the the straight black men on that question. Yeah. So, yeah. um the the trends held mm. there. Anyway, that's I, that's that's just that's what I wanted to talk about is how how they studied it. They ultimately concluded that yeah, it's true that that uh, gays care a lot more and apply themselves a lot more when it comes to. Academic outcomes, competition, and appearance. Hmm.
1: Um, it's interesting because before this, I did not. I was mo- I was mostly thinking academic. I was not thinking appearance when I thought about some of these like overachievement. Yeah, yeah. But it, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, it, and it, it that did come up at some point. Like, what do we redirect our energy into? And appearance is definitely one of those things. Yeah. yeah. Can I read to you some quotes from people that talk about their overachievement? Yeah, sure. Apparently on Glee season four, (laughs) one of the cheerleaders says to Kurt, I thought all gay people were successful overachievers. Yeah. I don't know the context. I just saw that like once, but it was like said in a like insult kind of way. So he must have not been achieving or something. Thanks Ryan Murphy
0: for (laughs) those stereotypes. out there.
1: Yep. Yep. So in a... Article that Christopher Caddis wrote in QSaltLake.com, he said, I wish I could blame my parents for my need to overachieve. Although they always encouraged me to do my best, truthfully, they always worried that my desire to strive for perfection I would take on too much. They still worry about that with me. No, for me, I believe it stems from something else. Like many gay men, I seem to have deep a deep-rooted need to really achieve. I'm sure a therapist would trace it to a subconscious desire to feel a sense of self-worth or something, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. my overachievement absolutely did not come from my parents. My mom had like, is also a perfectionist like me, but they were like there. We actually like sat down and would set goals for what grades to get in classes. And the goals that we set were not as aggressive as what I wanted, like what I set for myself. Mm. So my desire to achieve surpassed my parents. It is not them putting these rigorous expectations around academic performance that led me to achieve. Yeah. Um, I mentioned I got all every class in high school. I got all A's Mm -hmm. and the, um, where this like really stood out was my senior year. So I'd already gotten into college. I was in the schools that I wanted to be. I was in business and music. That's what I was going to study. So everything was... It was my last semester. When you're a senior, you get to exempt all of your finals. Hmm. Um, And I opted to take my English final. Because if I didn't take it, I would have gotten a B. And I could take it and aim for an A. Yeah. And so I took it when I didn't need to. So that I could have... All 100% A's in uh, high school. Wow. Wow. So I cared that much to take a fucking final that I did not. There would be absolutely no negative side side effect from not taking this.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: And then I remember when I got my first B in college, it was on a a music class because it was my... um, One of your classes was your individual like... Class with your teacher, your like one-on-one sessions, and then a final performance that you did, and I blew that final performance. Mm, mm, um mm. I like fucked up and had to start over on one thing. Yeah. So it it I I averaged an A across all my like individual attendance things with my teacher one-on-one and got a C on the final performance, which averaged out to a B. And I sobbed. I called my mom crying because I got a B. Wow.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay, I knew I knew most of these things, but like now that we're in the context of a podcast about overachieving, yeah. Did you know at the time that that was budget crazy? No. Okay,
1: because all of my friends were overachievers too, Hmm. and uh, my friends. How many of them were gay? (laughs) That's what I was just gonna (laughs) say. Like my friends were not gay, Hmm. and even like the honors program that I was in for business at at UT, that was filled with people that were similar to me, that were overachievers, that um, were wanted to become investment bankers, that hmm. thought that being good at finance made you the best person in business. Like, I, I don't know. I think I've often surrounded myself with overachieving people.
0: Hmm. 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 Well, I'm sorry to break that curve for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> to,
1: I want to ask you about that. Let me read sure. a couple more quotes. Kenji Milano on Medium said, I'm sure that a psychiatrist would trace it to a subconscious yearning to feel a level of self-worth or something. Interesting that that sentence was identical to the one that Christopher said just with one word changed. Yeah. You. I don't know. There's some plagiarism going on. There. Oh. <laughs> I, it's just weird. Anyway, I believe the only thing I had going for me was what I did. I thought if I pushed myself hard enough, if I produced and not only if I produce, but if I produce perfection, people would notice me and my accomplishments. Thus, I believe that my self-esteem is low. Hmm.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. This does like kind of try to make up for a gap in self-esteem. I, some of those questions were like, I was that you were asking, like, here's how they evaluate whether I was like, Oh God, I would hate taking the self-esteem quiz. Mm-hmm. It would make, it would lower my self-esteem even more <laughs> to take the self-esteem <laughs> quiz.
0: Um, I can't, I can't do perfect. <laughs> yeah. You oh know, yeah.
1: I can't get a hundred percent on this. Uh, Kenji also said, I look back at my achievements over the years, bought property at the age of 24, have a career and I'm working towards my dream and yet I am alone. Mm. And that part like struck me cause mm. that was like, yeah, mm. I am in a phase of my life where I don't have a career, but in the past I've had a good career and a good income and I own my place and I have a lot of achievements, but I, I don't know, I'm missing the, that's I mean, actually like when you can, comp- I think comparing yourself to what you're supposed to be, what you think you're supposed to be. I should, I'm supposed to have had a relationship by now. Like mm. you're supposed to have a relationship and get married when you're in your twenties or whatever the expectation is these days. Okay. It's much younger. Having than me. done that. It's not great. Kyle. <laughs> 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 I, yeah. So I don't know. Sometimes, like right now, especially right now, it's it's hard because I feel like I've fucked up somewhere along the way, mm-hmm. and I still have these. I'm I think I'm getting better or or understanding, starting to unpack some of these overachievement and perfectionist tendencies, and that's mm-hmm. been through therapy, yeah. BetterHelp.com/slash/gayish um, <laughs> for ten uh, percent off your first month. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's I'm still working on the idea that you don't I, productivity is not your worth. Yeah. yeah. That's a hard thing to unpack and dismantle and especially like not just me but in a capitalist society that says that you are what you produce you are your job um that's a hard thing to really internalize for me
0: yeah 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 because i don't know there's that whole thing about like love yourself like your life depends on it because it does Hmm. which is bumper sticker horse shit (laughs) yeah but kind of also maybe true yeah yeah like what. i What's it going to take to like yourself, much less yeah. love yourself? Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's
0: hard. It's really hard. Um, I had a quote. Oh. This, uh, so another like overachieving gay lawyer. <laughs> he, I guess he went to Yale, was a federal appeals judge clerk. That um, seems fancy. Yeah. But he said, quote, I tore through middle and high school craving perfect scores like a junkie in need of a fix. Which you just said. Yeah. <laughs> in college, I wrecked the curve for my straight classmates. Each semester, I petitioned the dean to overload my course schedule and sought the presidencies of student groups I had joined just days earlier. By the time I reached Yale Law School, where once closeted academic superstars are like the hay in a haystack, coming out wouldn't even have provoked a yawn. But no matter, I built a wall of casebooks, hunkered down, and ignored the growing hole in my social development. Hmm. The flip side of discovering you're not alone is the melting of your presumed snowflake uniqueness. Now I'm a statistic, another data point, just an ordinary overachieving closet case. That's bad enough. What's worse is that the biography is half-finished. They haven't told me what's on the other side of the closet door. Once I'm no longer harboring my secret, will I lose my drive? Or will my lifelong trophy hunt expand to include a search for a trophy husband? Huh which I, I i think that's that's really interesting cuz you've you've talked about like having feelings about the academic achievement of people that you've dated mm-hmm. right and like you've you've convinced yourself i think rightly so but like it took you a while to get on board with the idea that like you don't need a degree you just need a passion
1: yeah yeah i, I definitely like reevaluated wh- when i was in my relationship and realized that like he did not have a college degree i thought that was a requirement for someone i dated and then i was like oh i actually don't care it, like help me question that and what things are really important. And the things that are really important to me are that they do something that they're passionate about. Yeah. That they care about something and they put their time and effort towards something. That's what it's, I, it, so yeah. I, but I definitely had in my mind for a long time that a college degree was a requirement of someone that I would date. Yeah. And I gave that up in my 20s luckily.
0: Good for you. Yeah,
1: this that reminded me that um, absolutely in college Overachieving included joining a million organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I even founded the LGBT business group yeah. um, during my senior year. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah.
0: And then something that he is touching on there that I I've experienced personally with friends, but this idea that the overachieving gay, some of them come out of the closet and fucking crash and burn mm. hard. Yeah. Because now the thing that was keeping them lifted the thing the the air underneath of their wings of achievement is now gone like the need to stay above it and not wrestle with the idea that you're gay and deal with the social consequences of that and the stigma of that once that's gone fuck it
1: what's your motivation what's your motivation then yeah that is interesting like yeah all these studies are about gay people and he, he mentioned like but what's after that like it's like is there a study on after you come out and you used to be an overachiever what happens to you yeah that's interesting about like half the biography is not written yeah i mean even i overachieved at work if i didn't get a promotion a year i would and this is after i was out i i considered that a failure Mm because i didn't do good enough or you know like Mm -hmm. when i was when i'm struggling with work and it was like this isn't fulfilling it like I think I'm in that process of unpacking what actually is fulfilling and what I care about. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I'm still in the middle of the of sorting all of this out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Let's talk about you. Oh, God. You've been you've been saying that you're not an overachiever?
0: I'm not. Okay. Well, okay. So here here's the thing. I can I can look on paper and feel really good about a lot of things about my life. Mm-hmm. Like I have a good career, I own my home like I have a a podcast that a bunch of idiots listen to that's (laughs) doing pretty okay I guess I have good friends I I really I really can see that I have a lot to be proud of and a lot to to be uh, excited about I think when we talk about like this academic overachiever my high school GPA was not great Hmm. I was not in danger of flunking out at any stage as far as I remember. (laughs) But I was not a 4.0 student. Hmm. I was like a 3.0 student. Hmm. Maybe a little better, but like... And it was never because I wasn't smart enough.
1: Hmm.
0: And I'm realizing now... It, same thing in college, by the way. I like changed my major like 14 times. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I had a three-something cumulative GPA. But I, I graduated in um, with a degree in government pre-law because... Uh, that was the one that I'd taken enough classes to get a degree in.
1: (laughs) I like the idea of you sitting down at the end and being like adding it up, like adding, Oh oh, yeah, I
0: have this degree. Yep. Great. It's it's exactly what happened. (laughs) Um, I realize now that it's because I, my entire life have had undiagnosed ADHD and I couldn't overachieve if I wanted to.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: That like, regardless of how this sounds, I'm I'm smart like I have a lot of like natural talents yeah and those made up for a lack of executive function Mm. and I I wonder like I've had I've had um I had a a psychiatrist fairly early on say you can't be ADHD you have a job huh right like there's this thought that fuck them fuck them indeed because um then once finding the right person and getting a diagnosis and getting medicated for it I was like oh sweet Jesus Mm. This is what it's like to read a whole page of a book and not have to put it down. This is what it's like to make a plan for my afternoon and then actually fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Like that like it was it was this insane revelation to finally have help with what had been a lifelong struggle until then. And the only reason I didn't fail, the only reason I didn't flunk out high school, college, career, whatever was just because I had I had just enough talent to compensate. Hmm. I do think though that I am of the personality type and I fit the schema there of, of being potentially a, a radical overachiever. Like I tend to view myself not in terms of my accomplishments, but in terms of my gaps between where I mm-hmm. think I am and what perfection should be. Yeah. I very much beat myself up all the time on the basis of not being where I think I'm capable of being. Yeah. Um,
1: the gap between this where you're at and this idealized version of yourself that that has the word should in front of it, like here's where I should be.
0: But I also think, yes, and I also think that that idealized me isn't a perfect me, hmm. except that it that person would perfectly achieve what I think I'm capable of. That like my 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 struggles with ADHD have always led me to see what I could do mm-hmm. and then not be able to do it. And it's that gap. And it's not that like, I don't want to be a brain surgeon. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I just, I want to be able to do all of the things that I know that I can if I could just make myself do them.
1: That is still perfectionism. Fuck you. Okay. Yeah, it <laughs> it's, it's the, comp- like what you could do, what in a world where you had infinite time, resources, mental capacity, like it is what you could do given a bunch of things that are not, and will not be true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, Sure. It doesn't have to be a perfect you. You don't have to be like, I am an astronaut and also a doctor and also a this. Like, it like doesn't... Like have- Andrew
0: Tobias at the top of the thing and, like, yeah. all the fucking things that he did. Yeah. You don't need to be the DNC treasurer and a Harvard Law Review or uh, uh, get an MBA. Yeah. Right. I know. Yeah. yeah. I do yeah. know all that. Yeah.
1: I... It's funny. My... Um, I think I did well at school, not because I am naturally talented or anything, but because I studied a whole bunch. Mm. I was so good. I would at, like memorizing shit. Like I would have a test, and I would just memorize a couple nights before. I would just start memorizing fifteen pages of notes mm. front to back, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I could retain that information enough to take the test on it. And then gone, and then yeah. it was gone. I'm yeah. really good at memorization, and I think I'm a good test taker. Hmm. And and it is, I think that helped make up for maybe some lack of natural like knowledge or talent.
0: Hmm. That's really interesting. I, I disagree with that assessment of you, but, oh. but I I it it made mean, it checks out. Like that's that. I mean, that's a, a thing that you would think about yourself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I that's interesting how adhd plays a role in your ability to be this person yeah that's uh, that's really interesting i don't know i still see but but you still have some of these overachieving tendencies and perfectionist ideals that
0: yeah well and this this study um i, I didn't go into this when i was talking about the study but the study uh, looked at uh the answer to the question when was the first time that you were aware that you were attracted to members of the same sex and they they calculated that number and then they asked when did you come out but they defined it as when was the first time you told someone about your same-sex attraction Hmm. so they came up with those two numbers and that when they were when they were the, the thing that you so rightly uh, predicted that the longer you were in the closet, the more of an overachiever you were. Yeah. They measured that by just subtracting those two numbers and weighting it that way. Mm. And, uh, their answer for like, when did you know that you were gay was, uh, 11 on average, yeah. on average. And then the average age of telling somebody was 16 and a half.
1: Man, that's so young.
0: And I, I agree that seems really young to me especially since I came out of 30. <laughs> but um and other studies have said that like 10 is closer to like that comes up more often as like an average of self-awareness mm. and that telling somebody is more like 17. Mm. But but the, I mean that's like close enough to be like they're in the ballpark like that's yeah. not a dramatically different yeah, s- yeah. set of numbers that this that this study found. So then I but I legit look at that outcome of that study and think I was, I was, I was in the closet till I was 30, Mm. but then I realized that I lie. I'm lying about that Mm. because by their definition, the first time I told somebody I was 18 or 19, Mm. it was very, very close friend uh, or two um, in college, Um, high school, high school friends that we then ended up going to going to university together. I just didn't do anything about it for another eleven years or whatever. That's so. so
1: interesting to me. Like you've talked about how being you were out to yourself, and now like you you came out to other people, like pretty early. That's so interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, and it was like I think I'm a little by right, mm. but that I think by their definition that counts. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't out out until twenty nine thirty. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: That's weird cuz I like the only reason I came out is because I find I thought I was going to change. I was like I came out to people around when I just understood for myself that this was not going away. So mm. it like I I thought it was going to go away for such a long time. So I even though I knew I was into guys, I thought that was temporary and would go away. And then by the time I learned that wasn't true, that's when I first came out to the first person. Yeah. So yeah. It's just so interesting that you knew. Mm. I don't know. We just have very different paths on, on our coming out journey. Yeah. We're very different people, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> so says Myers Briggs. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last thing I wanted to read is this quote by Andrew Sullivan on dish.andrewsullivan.com. dot okay. Uh, Okay. In 2013. And he said that quote, my fundamental hope in helping to make marriage equality a possibility mm. is that young gay boys and girls, as I was once, can now see a future filled with love rather than rage, intimacy rather than achievement mm. and so it's interesting mm. the I mean this is one you know marriage equality this at the time, you know 2013 like was a you know big milestone, but pushing for equality may include reducing the pressure of overachievement on young gay boys.
0: yeah yeah, I would hope so.
1: I would hope so. I would, and hopefully the evolving like state of masculinity, the fragile masculinity that exists in the world right now, hopefully the evolution of what it means to be a man, like that conversation continues. And I think that will help maybe, you know, maybe I, what do I, I I was just thinking like, maybe that will reduce the grades of gay boys and maybe that's the hope. (laughs) Like is the hope that we're (laughs) like our graduation rates drop to average. Like I kind of think it is because that will mean we are, we don't have anything exceptional just because we're gay. We're not doing anything differently to overcompensate. We're yeah. just on average, like everyone else.
0: Well, I mean, I think a lot of overachievers are co- compensating for something. It's just mm. that the gay thing is one thing that makes a lot of mm. sense, but I'm sure that there are others. Like can like an emotionally distant father. could probably lead somebody into being an overachiever because they want daddy to notice them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, but, but so my guess is that overachievers will always exist. So That'll it always be, because they're trying to fill, some, fill a hole
1: Yeah, yeah oh, Boy, I've been trying to fill a hole for so much of my life, Mike
0: Yeah, same <laughs> Did we do it? Yeah, I think so We talked about overachieving, we achieved We achieve- <laughs> Did we overachieve on this episode? Nah. You let
1: us know <laughs> No, Mike says no No. Nope, okay, <laughs> we achieved <laughs> uh, Should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break Let's take a break and study mm. A plus
0: This is the part
2: where Mike and Kyle take a break
0: so are we back? We're back! We're back! We're gonna do our gays and straightest. We're gonna do our gayest and straightest, but first you dirty fuckers.
1: You lovely humans.
0: Uh, we are almost out of tickets for Los Angeles, so if you want to come see us, do it live in LA at Eckbar at Silver Lake on September the 10th. You need to get your tickets now because we're almost out.
1: Uh, there's uh, still tickets for Houston, though. That is on October 15th. Uh, you can get all that detail at GayishPodcast.com slash live.
0: We are having our 350th episode. That's in so many episodes. two short weeks from now. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a live stream. So please join us for that. The details are on Facebook, both on our page and in this Gayish Community group. Um, that's going to be September the 3rd, Sunday, September the 3rd at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Per usual, every episode that's a multiple of 50, we answer cues that people want to have us A. So send in your questions, please. If you want, you can DM us on any of the platforms that Kyle's going to mention in just a little bit. Or you're also welcome to email them secretly to Derek at GayishPodcast plus sign 350 at GayishPodcast. No, at (laughs) gmail.com.
1: Um, you don't have to be a Facebook member to watch. Some people have said that before. Like you can stream, watch the stream, even if you're not a Facebook member. So you don't, you can just, just grab the link from our page and you'll, uh, you'll be able to do the live stream.
0: I'm hoping to figure out technically how to also take questions live during the stream. Oh, so if, that'd be fun. You can also bring your questions to, to the stream and we'll do hopefully. it. some we'll hopefully do it somehow.
1: Yeah. Um, we also, oh, send those in by September 1st. Um, we also have a T-shirt competition that we're doing. Fuck yeah! Uh, in, in tandem with our 350th, uh, make uh, please send us your designs for a team Mike and a team Kyle T-shirt design. And Mike and I will each pick our favorites, and whoever wins will put them on an actual T-shirt.
0: Fuck yeah!
1: So come up with your designs. We're really excited to see what y'all come up with. Those are also due by September first. Yeah, do it. Yeah, do it.
0: Local gay bar review Are you ready? I'm ready I'm going to talk to you about Exclusive In Prague Ah. And uh, this place, my goodness Okay, first of all, it's a go-go bar Okay, already good You know how I feel about go-go bars Yep, I love them But you walk in and there's like a staircase down So Hmm. automatically you're like going somewhere special At
1: a debutante ball
0: (laughs) Yeah but I walked in and I forget what night of the week I was there, but it was not a weekend night. No, it was a weekend night. It was like a Friday night. Mm. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I walked in and there's this like Evita balcony that you <laughs> like take the stairs down to. And I looked down and here's a dance floor with a stripper pole and a row of bar stools. The bar was underneath of you. A row of bar stools, just filled with shirtless go-go boys, and they all look up at the same time. I was the only customer in the entire place. So here's just this like ravenous, hungry horde of go-go boys. Is that hot? And little old me, I was very intimidating. (laughs) uh, Intimidated. Under normal circumstances, I might have been okay with that, but 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 I just in a foreign country yeah. not expecting the go-go boy to mic ratio to be so so <laughs> askew yeah uh anyway i met a go-go boy named Dimi. uh he of course he did he spoke russian that was great oh um and then at some point i was like can i buy him a drink and the bartender was like yes but it has to be off of this menu and the menu had three sizes of champagne <laughs> and it's it was all in check money so i didn't know i spent a like i don't know like $150 on a bottle of champagne what? so that he and I could have a drink together. Spent way too much money. Um, but Exclusive was very fun. They were very hot. I enjoyed myself. It's not for everybody, but I will give it four dildos.
1: Wow. Four out of five. Way yep. to go, Exclusive. Yep. Uh, contact info.
0: Sure. Our website is gayishpodcast.com.
1: You can send us your questions on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, you can find all our contact locations at Gayishpodcast.com slash contact.
0: You can leave us voicemails or text messages on our hotline. That's 5855Gayish. That's 585-542-9474 standard rate supply, especially if it is your cues for the QA episode or if it is your gayest straightest because we love to get those with your own little voice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to send in those questions, you can do it to uh, gayish podcast plus three fifty at gmail.com.
0: Our f- Physical mailing addresses, post office box 19882, Seattle, Washington 98109. Gayest and straightest? Let's do our gayest and straightest. I'll I'll go first. Okay. Okay. Uh, So the gayest thing about me this week is I, despite my fucking ridiculous travel schedule and hellacious life. I couldn't help but make a lot of time for Heartstopper season 2 this week. Mm. I watched the whole thing. It only took me a couple of days of like, you know, you do the kind of bingey thing where you like watch multiple episodes in one sitting mm-hmm. so you can go. That show is just fucking adorable yeah. and heartwarming. It's not heart-stopping, which I, uh, you know, mm-hmm. my heart is still beating. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm glad I'm it's, glad you're here with us. It's 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 it's, it's adorable. Oh. Have you not seen any of it? Mm-mm. I think that you would like it. And the reason I think that you would like it is because uh, like they're not they're not hot and even though the parts where they kind of are it's like that's not the point yeah and it's just high school coming of age fun I
1: think it would just make me sad
0: sad yeah for what
1: that like I regret not being out in high school and feel like I'm not in a relationship and Aww.
0: I think it would. all right well I mean look out for yourself I understand that yeah and it's adorable yeah
1: yeah I've uh, heard very good things
0: Uh, The strangest thing about me this week, I don't know what the fuck my fucking brain's problem is, but I have been listening to Despacito on repeat. Like, (laughs) I wake up and it's in my head. I like hum it at random times. I just, uh, I can't, I I kept turning to Marcy at work and going, favorito, favorito, baby. And like, I just, it just, that song is not a gay song. (laughs) No. It's really not. Uh, That's
1: such a random one too.
0: Yeah it won't stop it just won't stop i don't know what to do i need maybe a head injury of some kind to help me out here
1: uh do you want me i can do that right now Well,
0: let's get through the rest of the show okay first oh and, yeah
1: i'll do yeah. that after we record right. my gayest is uh i'm going to talk more about this on the patreon monthly patreon bonus episode but i went on a date with a boy and then i kissed him after
0: yeah you did yeah on his mouth
1: um yeah my straightest is going home and taking a huge smelly dump great <laughs> In that order, in that order. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. We have a listeners, gayest
0: and straightest. We do. Friend of the show, Sarah. Talk some t- sometime. Uh, co-host extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Miss Talk if you're nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here we go.
2: Hello, Mike, Kyle, and everyone in the podcast universe. This is Sarah, Miss Talk if you're nasty. Coming to you live from beautiful Denver, Colorado, with a gayest and straightest. Uh, So we've been taking our 13-year-old out to practice driving, and there's like a new phase of our neighborhood that's being built, so we take him out on the weekends when they're not there. It's still under construction, but there's like actual roads he can practice on with stop signs and whatever. It is a construction area, though, so he picked up a screw in one of our tires, and my Stratus this week was actually, for I think the first time in my life, changing my own tire on the Wrangler. My gayest this week is that we drove around on that tire with the screw in it for a whole ass week before realizing that we always have a full-size spare on the back of the Jeep. Like, we even drove to a couple of tire shops, but they had like two-hour waits, so we left and bought a plug kit, and I'm too weak to fucking do whatever it is you have to do with that thing. But this whole time, the answer was right there. Full-size spare on the back of the Jeep. Yeah. Love you miss you bye <laughs> love you miss you bye, bye. Uh,
0: we're not we're gonna just gloss right over the fact that your 13 year old is driving that's oh. I don't know what that's about, but okay
1: uh, host of humanist Trek check that out uh, Sarah talk.
0: Yeah <laughs> thanks Sarah
1: think, so, thanks Sarah um I think that's it. That's it. Thank you to all the overachievers. You're part of the reason we had this study and this data and it's okay to like let yourself chill out.
0: Thank you to the best little boy in the world, Andrew Tobias, for, yeah. for making that uncomfortable phrase.
1: <laughs> and thank you to the following Super Gap Bridgers. Kit Oliver, Andrew Bugby, William Bryant, Christopher M., John Crowley, Stephen Porch, Yo Harry Shaw, Josh Copeland, Jonathan Montanus, Forrest Nail, Patrick Martin, James Barrow, Steve Douglas, Explosive Lasagna, Michael Cubbington, Just Jamie, Kevin Henderson, Thomas B., Timothy Sora, Dusty Sands, A.E. Coleman, Chris Cajetorians, and Jerome York. You're the best little boys in the world to me. Yeah, you
0: are. <laughs> uh well, that's it. This has been Gayish from the Chris Ketchatorian Studios. I'm Mike Johnson.
1: I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. Bye. Bye. How'd we do? Yeah, fine. (laughs) I love the confidence.